0: Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Joel Coleman of Sports Illustrated's Cowbell Corner, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Joel T. Coleman here with you on a Sunday afternoon, Monday morning. So glad you have joined us at supertalk.fm. Or wherever it is you get podcasts from. We appreciate all of our great listeners, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. I want to thank our sponsors at Strange Brew Coffee House and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream, which is back up and operational. So please, it is so hot outside. Get your ice cream. I don't know how the, the setup is. I don't know if you can sit in there and eat it or not. If, if you can't eat it in there, run to your car. Keep your car running, keep the air conditioner going, and run to your car because honestly, if you linger, the ice cream might melt on the way to the car. It is hot outside. This is sort of a weird thing though in that like normally, you know, it's 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 July 19th. We should have been complaining about the heat for like a month and a half, right? But with everything else going on, the heat has not even been an issue. Like I don't even care about the heat. it's just now today that I'm like, "Wow, it's hot."
1: Like in my mind, it's tough for me to believe that we're in the heart of summer yeah. now because it doesn't feel like it. Yeah. It almost feels like we just paused in the spring.
0: Yeah. There's something to that.
1: And and I think for me I, the Braves really—I joke about it—and y'all, you, you all listen. Well, you know keep how much time I love with the They're like—they they really are like such a big part of my life that when they're not playing, it's just not even even April yet. You know? Like yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. So no, I, no. I, I oh, yeah. feel like yeah. we are just now about to push play on like April because baseball is about to start. For a lot of
0: us, not just you and me, because we do sports for a living, but for a lot of people, sports is your watch. Mm-hmm. You know? I, how, how do I know what month it is? What sports are happening? If you tell me that, you know, I got baseball and football preseason's about to start off, yeah, we're in July. Yeah. You know? Okay, so now we got some preseason games, we got baseball, college football camp. It's, it's August, and so on and so forth. And so yeah. when you have baseball opening day, plus the last couple of
1: weeks of the NBA season, yeah.
0: it's like it's just bizarre. For real? me, last couple of weeks of EPL are happening, the last two games, it should be May. Yeah. You know, for me, but it's not. It's not for anybody, but... Anyway, regardless of all that, glad to see Churn and Spoon's back up and running. Of course, Strangers has been with you this whole time. Uh, definitely no, a, no
1: off season for Stranger.
0: No, they haven't taken no days off. <laughs> no days off for them. Uh, so go by and, and support your local businesses. Go by and see them today. Get yourself—you deserve a treat. You've made it this far. You deserve a, a treat from Churn and Spoon. I need—I I got my gift card. It's finally time to cash that bad boy in. Uh, although maybe not today. Because did you see the dessert nachos? I did. Did you see those? That was—they were something. I was impressed. Home, I made the, the chips myself. They came out real good. The, and I made some honey caramel uh, cashews on top of those. Nice. It was something, man. I was, I was impressed. Did, was, did you find this or did you I just, just... I just sort of put it together in my head. I mean, okay. I've seen dessert nachos yeah, before. Yeah, But I just sort of put it together like what, you know, like what would replace the onions, right? Okay, with something crunchy, some nuts, right? Yeah. And then you know, like, tomatoes are sort of soft, so I, can, I bought some cookie dough bites. And then, you know, the, the strawberry sauce is like the salsa, and the chocolate sauce is, you know, whatever. So I figured it out. Came out pretty good. Looked good. They were good. I know Joel would never eat them. But I would sure look at it. and You'd look at it longingly. <laughs> like, I could imagine what it would be like, though. <laughs> no, you couldn't. Uh, <laughs> can you imagine what, it's, what it would be like to buy a Polo and to get $30 cash back?
1: I feel like you were stealing money. Is what it
0: feels. You don't like. have to imagine it. It can just happen for you. All you've got to do is go to collegecornerstore.com and buy a gift card, and you're going to get thirty percent off that purchase. So when you make that purchase, and then you turn around and you buy one of the brand new MSU polos uh, that are available there at collegecornerstore.com or at either of their two locations in the Jackson area by Ridgeland and Ridgeland by Fleet Feet or by uh, the Half Shell and Fleetwood, and you spend you know $65, $70, dollars, they're just going to you've still got thirty bucks. You didn't didn't lose anything. You gained. It's a net gain. There is no other place in the state of Mississippi, I say nay the nation, where shopping gives you a net gain on your checking account. Everyone else, when you buy something, it costs you money. This doesn't cost you money. You get extra money. So I'm just saying. Maybe you should check it out. <laughs> at some point, and, and I don't know when that point is, I don't know. The generosity is going to run out over at College Corner. They're going to say, you know what? Everybody in the state of Mississippi has got a gift card at this point. Time to stop selling them. <laughs> you know, I don't think they're going to run, run all the way to Christmas. So, hey, my wife, she's a, a Christmas in July kind of shopper. She, she'll come home sometimes like August, September, and be like, we're done with Christmas. It's all done. Nothing else to worry about. This could be you. Do it right now. Go to College Corner Store. Our good friends over at Advantage Business Systems know that right now is the time where businesses need to be running as efficiently as possible. You can't afford any kind of waste right this second. Every dollar counts in these uncertain times. So you've got to make sure everything's running as smoothly as possible. That's why you need to call Advantage Business Systems. They have the solutions. They have the plan to keep your business on track, to keep your business profitable with new systems, upgrading your current technology, Upgrading your software, making everything streamlined, and working at its maximum p- potential for you. Call them today at 844-833-6245, or visit them online at absms.com. Advantage Business Systems helps your business do business. I just had a
1: terrible thought. I don't, like, got, don't share it. Well, it's not terrible. Ter- well, I mean, it's not fun, but you, you were talking about Christmas, and I just got to thinking, what mm. if we're still dealing with coronavirus at Christmas? And people like can't go see grandma and
0: mom and we can't have the hey dad Christmas party. Uh, uh-huh. I know, right? My wife will be devastated if that happens. She, I mean, that's her, that's her time to shine. That's her <laughs> Academy Awards, right? That, you know, best picture <laughs> is is the buffalo chicken dip or something. You know, it, she she will be crushed beyond repair
1: if the coronavirus is still going on on Christmas Day. Mm-hmm. Um, or cr- the, during the Christmas season, yeah. you just best go ahead and believe there's going to be a spike two weeks later because people are going
0: home for Christmas. Yeah, it's good. There's no question about that. No question. Or you know they're going to travel. There's just no way around it. Yeah. Uh, well, let's not talk about that anymore. So here's the thing: we've been talking about Mike Leach and this offense and how different it's going to look. And I have thrown out all number of statistics. To try and sort of... You know, this is what the passing game might look like. And, you know, I've shown you all these catches and passing yardage and completion percentage. And we haven't really talked about the running game much. Now, we've talked about Kylan Hill plenty. And how he's he's going to get less touches. We keep saying that. Less touches. Or less carries. more Same touches, less carries. I don't think we've really done a good job of hammering home how different things are going to be on that side of the ball. So that's what today's show is going to be based on. So... When you look at uh, Washington State under, under Mike Leach, only once in, in his uh, seven seasons there, 13 through 19, did he have a team average more than 100 yards per game rushing. As a team, not as a player, not, you know, Kylan Hill getting 100 yards a game by himself. As a team, only once 100 yards. This was last year? No, it was not. his entire tenure? In his entire tenure. From 13 to 19, I uh, had it right here. Let me see. I think it's the 15 team. Let me double-check that. Nope, not 15. Was it 16? 16. 2016, his teams averaged 121 yards per game on the ground. Now, that's pretty close to what Kylan Hill averaged on the ground by his lonesome last year. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he cracked the 100-yard mark like half the time. Yeah, Last year, as a team, Mississippi State averaged 220 yards a game on the ground. Kylan Hill, in 13 games, uh, averaged uh, 100 and basically 100 yards a game. So, and in that year, when you look at his at how it worked, he had three running backs that had 88 plus carries, uh, and but none of them with more than 585 yards. Beyond that, every other year is is double digits. And some of them are, I mean, they're just low. Uh, I'll go through them real quick. 13, his team's averaged 53 yards rushing per game. Wow. That was his first season there. Uh, now, they did average 368 yards passing per game. So, I mean, they're still averaging, you know, 420 yards per game. In the so. Brian theory, yards or yards? Yards or yards, yeah. So, you know, I mean, that year they finished, I mean, they were 6-7. and seven. They average thirty-one points per game. Um, you know, I don't have the total the total offense, but I mean, four twenty is probably going to put you in the middle of the pack. You know, you're not too high, not too low. Uh, for, for just for an example, Mississippi State a season ago would have averaged uh, a like literally like right at four hundred. So just a little bit better than that. So maybe maybe even a little lower than you know middle of the pack. Uh, twenty fourteen. <laughs> this this one's gonna blow your mind. Like forty. Yeah. Is it really? Yeah. Thirty nine point eight. They average twenty. They average twenty rushing plays per game for thirty nine point eight yards per game. They average two yards per carry. Uh, the leading rusher on the team was Jamal Morrow at eighty seven carries for three hundred and fifty one yards. Now, let's take into account because that's seven and a half yards carry. Not bad. Let's take into account that they. The two quarterbacks, they played a 2QB system that year. I think they had some injuries. Connor Holiday and Luke Falk, they had a combined 75 carries for a combined negative 201 yards because sacks, right? Yeah. They, they sack. A lot of sacks. They averaged 477 yards passing a game. So they were right at 500, just over 500 yards per game. Offense was fine. They just didn't run the football. Now, I think two things. One, that... I don't know a lot about Jamal Moreau. Don't want to disparage him. But I think if Kylan Hill gets 87 carries, you know, he's going to have more than 351 yards. You would think? I would think. Now, I mean, that's still 7.5 yards a carry, but I just, I just feel that way. Uh, the second guy, Gerard Wicks, 62 carries, 234 yards. I'm sorry, I looked at that wrong. It's not 7.5 yards. It's seven, I was looking at his receiving. He only averaged 4 yards per carry. I was, I was trying to figure out the math there. Again, if, if, I would give if 87 carries to Kylan Hill, I think would be closer to 600 yards. That's just me. But, but this is what we're talking about. Yep. Yeah. Imagine an MSU team that only averaged 40 yards rushing a game. In MSU mindset, you would be the absolute – You I mean, Kroom would be a high bar to a team like that. Because you know an MSU team is probably not going to average more than 150 to 160 yards passing per game. And that's what this team did. But and yet they were still good offensively. They have averaged five hundred they had four hundred and seventy-seven yards uh passing per game. They averaged thirty-two points per game, which is forty seventh, but thirty two points per game is I mean it's not bad. It's not bad. Uh twenty fifteen really bumped it up to eighty yards a game. Woo. Really got up there. Again. You know they had the quarterback Luke Falk eighty two carries for negative. So if you if you do sack adjusted rushing, which I'm a fan of, I have never understood why sacks come out of rushing yards that they're passing plays. Um, I mean they're they're well over. It's just in college, though, right? Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah it's just in college. Yeah, it's not in the uh, NFL. Not in the NFL. But I mean Gerard Wicks one hundred seven carries for six hundred ten yards. Uh, Jamal Morrow again fifty three for three forty seven. Keith Harrington thirty seven for two thirty eight. So that's that's why I had twelve hundred yards rushing. That, if you can get that with four thousand yards passing, you, you're you're fine, and that's what and that's what they had th- this year. They averaged three hundred eighty nine yards per game in the air, and another eighty on the ground. So we're f- almost four hundred seventy yards per game. Nothing wrong with that. Totally acceptable. But again, it sort of highlights what I'm talking about of how different things are going to be. We've already talked about 2016, uh, where they, they so that was the one year they were at uh, 121 yards per game. 2017, dropped down to 67 yards a game. Um, again, sacks played a huge role in it. A total, the two quarterbacks combined, uh, Luke Falk and Tyler Helensky, combined 83 carries for just just 205 yards to the negative. You know, but then they had James Williams with 92 carries and Jamal Morrow again, 86 carries, five five twenty two. James Williams only had 300. He only had 395 yards. I am, again, I feel pretty confident that 92 carries in Kylan Hill's hands is probably going to be much closer to 700 yards or something like that. 600, 700 yards. Um, Now, those two running backs also combined for 131 catches. So, you know, you're starting to see what we're talking about here. You know, Williams had 163 touches, Morrow had 146 touches. I'm willing to say that whoever the number two back is, be it Marks or Witherspoon, probably take 25 to 30 touches away from them and give them the Kylan Hill. So what did I say for, for Williams? 163, probably closer to 193, maybe even 200. I mean, if he had 120 carries and 80 catches, I'll be honest with you, I would think that's probably pretty close to what, if we could you know, talk to Eric Millay or, or Mike Leach or whoever, would be pretty close to what they would want, wouldn't you think?
1: Yeah, seems like it.
0: I mean, that, that would be you – know, what would be, that be? Basically 12 carries and six to seven catches a game. That feels right. That feels like the kind of stat line I'm expecting to see. Nearly 20 touches a game. Yeah. Yeah. 2018, 79 yards rushing per game for, for Mike Leach's team. Uh, James Williams and Max Borgie. Give Gardner Minshew a ton of credit. Was able to get into the positive on the rushing. 58 carries for 119 yards. That's why he's in the NFL right now. Of course, they also threw for you know 373 yards per game as well. Averaged 37.5 points per game. Good for 15th overall. And then last year was another down year for them for rushing. Only 68 yards per game. But they averaged 437 on the ground. So they were 500 yards of offense. And they averaged 38 points per game.
1: So what you're telling me is Mike Leach is not a fan of the thunder and lightning mantra of
0: it's all about that balance. Well, He does not care about balance. Well, you go back to our interview with him and go back to the things he said. Balance to him does not mean 50-50. Yeah. Balance to him means everybody is producing. So, you know, if Kylan Hill last year had uh, 1,530 yards of total offense between rushing and receiving, he had 1,350 rushing and 180 receiving. If this year he has 800 rushing, but 850 receiving, there's still balance. He got the same amount of yards, and yes, yards is yards. Yards are yards, or yards is yards? Yards are yards. Yards are yards. Feels funny when you say that. I'm just going to let you know. that it doesn't, doesn't, It's not clicking in my y- head. Yards is plural. It and is. So you need, yeah. A yard is a yard. Like if it was a singular, it'd be Is. But now, I, I know how subject-verb agreement yes. works. But it just for some reason, I want to say yards is yards. And you would be wrong. I guess I'm wrong, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I can't <laughs> help it. But again, if look at Kylan Hill's total touches last year. He had 200 and s- 260 touches. If I say he, and he had, what, what did I say, 1530? 1530 was his yardage. If I can somehow get 1,600 yards on... 185 touches. Didn't I do better? Yeah. I mean, that's better, right? Yeah. It's it's I mean, more yards per per play. It's more yards per carry or more yards per catch or whatever. Do you think these numbers are going to hold up for Mississippi State? Can you can you foresee a Mississippi State team, an SEC football team even, surviving on 75 yards rushing a game?
1: it doesn't seem like it, but I think that's just because I haven't seen it. Uh, but it's worked for Mike Leach everywhere he's been. That's that's what makes this such an intriguing exercise to see if Mike Leach can work at Mississippi State. Because you know he's going to do exactly what he's done for his entire career, which is throw, 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 and if that doesn't work, let's throw, throw, throw some more anyway. Yeah. And... can that work in the sec i don't know i don't know it's worked everywhere else that he's been yeah and if it i mean man if it works and state can be like we've said a beating a drum that we've beaten before here by saying this but if state can just be you know top 30 defensively and all this other stuff works they're made in the shade man it's, it's going to be a heck of a, an era for Mike
0: Leach at, at Mississippi think. State. You would think? I was just thinking, you know, you remember when, like, the first few years of Hugh Freeze, and I don't really want to go down the recruiting trail here, but we always thought, you know, oh, Miss, they can't run the football. They're not a really good running football team. Like, his 2013 team, I think we would all agree, was not a great running football team. The leading rusher on the team was Bo Wallace, 355 yards. They average 190 yards per game on the ground because they just had, you know, I'm sorry, that was for carries. Jalen Walton had 5'23". Itavius Mathers had 5'. They just didn't have a 1,000-yard rusher. But they were an effective running team. But I I remember the narrative about Hugh Freeze seems they can't run the football. They can't run the football. And those teams were doubling up Mike Leach's teams. The difference is, obviously, you know, the hit Freeze's teams averaged 250 to 260 in the air, and Mike Leach is getting 400 to 450 in the air. But we always talked about those teams. They're not balanced. They can't run the ball when they need to, you know. I guess that's another question here: Is Mississippi State going to be able to run the ball when it needs to? But when does it need to? We, I, mean, I think we've talked about that before. Mike Leach, third and two—that That's not necessarily third and two. You're leading. You're up six with a minute and a half to go. Not necessarily a running down for Mike Leach. No.
1: <laughs> and state fans are going to lose their minds when it's third and two and KJ Costello's in the gun five wide. Yeah, <laughs> man. Um. I don't know man that it's it's so unorthodox it's unlike anything we've ever seen and if it works people are going to think mike leach is the greatest thing since sliced bread and if it doesn't assuming there's fans and stands they will be pulling their hair out yeah. and if they're at home they'll pull it out there The first but-
0: time it's third and one and they throw with Kyle hill sitting there in the backfield people are going to be mad doesn't matter what anything everything else aside just that one play people will be upset Including probably this guy talking to you right now. I was like, "Why?"
1: Just just hand him the ball. The thing is, though, with Mike Leach, you know what you're getting. I mean, you...
0: Is there ever been a coach that's more you know what you're getting than Mike Leach? I mean, in, in terms of everything. You know, we talked about the Twitter stuff. Well, you knew what you were getting. The pol- political stuff. Well, you knew what you were getting. And now the football stuff, you definitely know what you're getting.
1: You've given me an excellent idea. It's going to take some time to do, though. To flesh out what you got? Like... That you'll be checking out at cowbellcorner.com. Assuming i, mean, I got to find the time to do it, but basically go back and look at all of Mike Leach's, like, third and shorts.
0: What did he do? Oh, my God. You're you're putting yourself into a lot of pain. I mean, that's a lot of – Oh, I know. It's a guy averages, like, 75 plays a game. <laughs> that's a lot to look through. Yeah,
1: like, how many times does he you know run what it you, against You the know
0: road? what you would be better served as? You'd be talking to one of the coaches and be like, can I get – you, I know, because you know they compile the numbers yeah one of their guy there's somebody on the staff whose job it is to, to compile all that just trying to go th- I mean where are you going to go through film I don't know no, I, mean,
1: I wouldn't go through film I'd
0: go through like play by play oh yeah Like. yeah I guess that's a good point still take you a long time yeah it'd take a while but yeah I mean this to me is even harder to wrap my brain around than the passing stuff all right the idea, because, let's, let's talk about video games for a second, right? Even when I would play state on, like, NCAA football and I would throw for 300, 400 yards a game, I was still running the football. I was still, you know, having a guy, a running back who's in the Heisman Trophy race and averaging fifteen, sixteen hundred 1,600 yards rushing. I can't really wrap my head around the idea that Mississippi State might have a running back, or might just not run the ball, but 50, 60 yards per Not times. Not carries. There have been, there are games where states had 50 carries, you know? trying to think, like last year, did they have a 50 carry? Maybe maybe Arkansas? Something like that? I mean, maybe. that's a game where they ran the ball a lot. And now we're talking about not 50, 60 yards. What's harder for you to, to comprehend, that State might do all this passing stuff or that State won't do this rushing stuff?
1: <laughs> I mean, it just goes hand in hand. Uh, not, not to be a cop-out, but th- they're both – baffling to me it's going to surprise me if state isn't as a team when you have heel and you have i assume marks is going to get some play in time and you and and you have witherspoon or kareem walker whatever it's tough for me to believe they're not gonna at least be in the ballpark of close to 100 yards rushing a game
0: seems unlikely i mean if, if they are if they do average 100 yards rushing a game this will be the best offense in the country yeah because I, I, I have faith in Mike Leach to find the passing game. I have faith that KJ Costello is going to make these receivers better and that this team is going to average, or not average, but be close to 4,000 yards plus passing. If they are averaging 100 yards on the ground with 350 to 400 in the air, I mean, the defense doesn't need to be top 30 at that point. It can be top 50, top yeah. 60, and you're still probably going to win eight or nine games, maybe 10. I can't imagine. You know, and if you're Kylan Hill, I think you're very excited because I think as a running back you can protect yourself better catching the ball because you're not running a lot of routes over the middle and stuff. You're gonna, it's going to be a lot of dump-offs where you're going to be able to see – you're going to be in space and you'll see the tacklers coming as opposed to just trying to bust through the middle and you're just going to take contact, right? You can protect yourself a little bit better. You're going you're gonna to save some tread on the tires. I mean, even in anybody else's offense, Kylan Hill – would probably touch the ball 25 to 30 times per game.
1: Yeah.
0: And in this, he's only going to touch it maybe 20 times a game. So, man, that's a net of 120 less touches. That, you know, we've we made that, that, that reference many times that you know, running backs are like a pair of tires. You know, you only got so many miles on them. We're going to say he's going to save a lot of miles this year. Kylan Hill is a guy, you know, I got into some, uh, some heat last year on SportsLock Mississippi because I said I thought Kylan Hill was better than Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. And what I meant by that was, if you swapped them out, and you sent Kylan Hill to LSU, I think he could have put up comparable, if not better numbers than Edwards-Hilaire put up. And if you brought Edwards-Hilaire to Mississippi State, I don't think he would have led the conference in rushing. And Edwards-Hilaire was a first-round pick. And he's going to, you know, the best offense in the league right now. I think Kylan Hill has the opportunity here to, to put up a sort of a similar situation, if he can go out and show this show that he can still run the ball effectively, that he's an effective receiver, and he saved some tread on the tires, there's no reason this guy. You know, I, I think right now he's probably a third or fourth round pick. They, they had him. I think I saw he was the sixth best running back in uh, Dane Brule's way way too early projections. Sixth running back last year was the, the I think the second pick of the third round. I think it was AJ Dillon from Boston College. Um. Uh, so, I mean, that's still a money-making money position, money-making draft position. But there's no reason he couldn't bump up around. If he catches 80 passes this year, that, he's going he's gonna to jump up on the draft.
1: Yeah. Man, we talk about this a lot, but just thinking about it, the opportunity, is there a chance this thing blows up and it just doesn't work at Mississippi State? It doesn't even really seem like that's the case because it it's always worked. Well, I mean, the fact
0: that he got it to work at Texas Tech and Washington State. And, so it makes you believe it'll work here. And not only that, uh, it's not like Texas Tech just kept on keeping on after he left, right? Now, we'll see what happens with Washington State. I like Rolovich, the coach there. I thought he did well at Hawaii. So they'll, they'll probably keep winning. But, you know, when Leach left, it's not like they just built upon what he, he did. The program went down. He elevated their program to new heights. And then when he was fired, it, it sank right back down to where it's always been. You know they're a consistent five to six win team, basically. So for me, you know, it's difficult not to have faith in Mike Leach. The guy has won at every stop. His offense has worked at every. Now he's had some bad defensive teams. There's no, mm-hmm. there's no getting around that. Yeah. But offensively, the guy's been good everywhere he's he's been, and in the passing game has taken off everywhere he's been. And MSU defensively, he probably has more talent on this defense than he's had anywhere else. And he's going to have to continue to bring that talent in. And that's that, that's going to be something for sure, but we'll see how it goes. All right. Uh Speaking of bringing in talent. <laughs> oh, my All right, MSU uh, was in need of some good recruiting news and got that on Friday. Linebacker Tamar Rogers of DeLand, Florida. I guess he's high school. I mean, they go to the same high school, so I'm, I feel like I'm speaking out of school here. But a uh, teammate of uh, MSU commitment, Myzel Williams. He committed to Mississippi State. Three-star linebacker. Offers from Auburn, uh, Boston College, North Carolina State, uh, Illinois, Indiana, Kansas. Got, got some solid offers. Uh, six-foot... Uh, two two hundred pounder. One thing I always look at with 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 your underrated prospect. I mean, it's one thing when you if you get a four star kid and everybody's looking for him, right? A guy like this, you're like, well, you know, I mean, his offers aren't bad, but you know, he's not highly rated. This is a guy whose name has been on the radar for Mississippi State basically since Mike Leach and staff started recruiting this spring. So it was obvious he was a priority to that to the staff. Yeah. To get him to me is a a good sign that the staff had this guy high up on their board and they got him. Is that is that a fair way of thinking without saying, without sounding like you're trying to you know? Oh, I'm sure he's a good player. We signed him. You know, I don't want to go down that route. But when I see players that I know the staff has made a priority and then they get them, that's good recruiting to me.
1: Yeah, because <laughs> I mean, go back to your high school Dayton days, Brian.
0: I didn't have any of those. You had none? No.
1: I didn't have much either. Yeah. But I was... If we, if we did, though... You batted a
0: 1,000. What are you talking <laughs> that's
1: about? That's true. That's that's true. Mine worked out for me. Married the homecoming queen and all.
0: Um, was she really the homecoming queen? Yeah. Look Ackerman, at you go. Ackerman, homecoming queen. Now I, right. I was... Well, I didn't think she was some other high school's homecoming queen. Yeah, well, I mean, not like... She six. was so beautiful, they made her the homecoming queen at Weir. <laughs> where? where? Where, Weir. Where? It doesn't matter. It doesn't exist anymore. <laughs>
1: Anyway, uh, had we had any game to spin back in our high school days, yeah, um, it would have been great to identify that certain someone and ask, and them say yes, yeah. And so it's great to know that this staff yeah. has the ability to ask and follow through, and they yeah. say yes. There you and go. So I, I think that yeah, it does it does say something that a guy they identified months ago. Has right. liked what he's seen enough to stick with them. Yeah, I agree. Um, now, gr- granted, I guess you have to stick with them until the yeah. There's still a ways the, the, to go. The Ink dries on the paper whenever signing day happens to be, and Lord knows when that'll be. But right. Um, but yeah, it's that's good, and I guess it makes you feel good for some other guys that the staff has identified early, and they're still on. We'll see if, if anyone else hops into boat soon.
0: Yeah, and if you read uh, 24/7, which I do pretty regularly. Uh, Paul and Steve are both pretty confident that a, a quick burst of commitments might be coming Mississippi State's way. Obviously, Malik Neighbors is a name that they feel very confident is going to jump in the boat. Uh, Dwayne Lofton, another wide receiver out of Texas, is a guy that they are they are keeping an eye on right now. Um, Ty Cooper, the defensive end out of the uh, out of Louisville High School is a guy that they are talking about could make a decision. You know, late July, early August kind of situation. They they like what they're seeing from some of some of these guys, so don't be surprised in the next you know three to four weeks if state picks up three to four more commitments and starts to finally push this class up the rankings. I know you look at them right now, you're like, oh God, they're 49th. Well, there there are some things that are making it that way. They doesn't have a lot of commitments, and there are a lot of teams that there are some teams that are almost full right now. Again, I, I would I would advise you to look at MSU's average star rating. And realize that when they get to a uh, when they get a full class, if they can maintain that kind of star rating, they're going to be just fine.
1: Even right now, at like 49th, that's probably one of Leach's better classes ever, right? He he's, uh, he's, he he's he, he's never lives, really, he
0: lives in the forties, basically. Yeah, he, he's
1: so. never really had just some humongously yeah. again. Successful you know, I don't class. think
0: he's going to ever. I don't think he's going to put in MSU as a top fifteen recruiting class. But if he his if he can recruit where Mullen and Moorhead were, twenty five to thirty range, with his coaching ability, gonna be just fine. Especially when you talk about, you know, you've got uh, a four-star and a high three-star receiver committed. You're going to get one more four-star when Neighbors pops in, and then you're probably going to get a couple more high three-star, low four-star kind of guys. State's never had those kind of guys, and they've got the, the four-star quarterback committed. Yeah. So you've got the main cogs to what he wants to do, and then it's just about finding, you know, so, some, some big uglies and, you know, some, some athletes who can play on defense. This is a down year in the state of Mississippi for talent. They're just—it's just not a good year in state, especially on the trenches. You think normally there's like three or four offensive and defensive linemen that you'd want to look after. There's like two or three this year total. You know, I'm talking about three, three or four offensive and three or four defensive. This year, two or three total. You know, in state's already got McHale and Pounders. Yeah. they're probably going to get Ty Cooper. So that's just you know just how it's going to work out. We'll see. I I, I I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sweat Leach's recruiting until. A, after signing day, and then B, honestly, I want to see how it looks. If he doesn't recruit well and they still put up points and win, well, then who cares? Yeah. So, I'm I'm, I'm just – to me, until I see different, Mike Leach has earned the benefit of the doubt. It's fair. And I don't – you know, this isn't – this isn't his first radio. I think he'll be all right. Um, Let's move on on to our last topic here, and uh, that's brought to you by our good friends over at Welcome Home Beef who want to remind you that, you know – What are you doing? That's what they want to know. What are you doing? Why why are you not calling them? You know, I I see you guys all cooking out every weekend. Why aren't you cooking out with Welcome Home Beef products? And if you are, well, then you already know. You already know how good those products are, how good the service is, how well they take care of you. There's no reason not to be doing it. If you live in Starkville and you want to cook out, you need to be calling Welcome Home Beef. Those are the best steaks, the best burgers, the best briskets that you can be putting on the grill. And, again, they're always willing to find those special orders for you. So all you've got to do is give them a call at 662 418-2021 418-2021 or visit them online at facebook.com slash welcome home beef and whatever it is you pick out i know one thing is for sure it just tastes good all right uh some of you guys got an email this weekend or got a letter one of the two i think most everyone that i've seen mm-hmm. got you did, you did fisi- an article got, about this got so. physical letters
1: okay uh i think the, the letter said that either an email was coming or was planned or whatever but i don't know that i've seen anyone that actually got an email but anyway Most people to this point have gotten just physical letters, I think.
0: Okay. But anyway, what it did was it outlined some early policies for MSU for what they're they're gonna do for tickets. And based on that, you know, to me those those what I read, there's a there's a smidge of optimism there that they're going to be allowed to be able to allow fans in the stadium. If you listen to my interview with John Cohen, he talked about that that you know the student-athletes, in his opinion, deserve to have some sort of atmosphere at these stadiums. Did you get that same feeling from reading these, these emails that State would like to try to get some folks into the stadium? Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, I, I think so. And, I mean, there's a few things to note here. The date on this letter was July 10th. That was before even the SEC ADs met in Birmingham. Uh, so that bears noting that this was... Before even the big meeting of this past week, when this letter was apparently put together, Um, so things have probably changed even since some of these letters was packed in the envelopes and getting ready to mail off. Uh, Something else to note is that things could still change. You know, I've I've heard some people ask, like, "Well, what if we, you know, opt in or whatever?" And and then Mm -hmm. all of a sudden the seasons change. Well, I would guess at that point Mississippi State would probably handle it kind of like. Baseball this past yeah. year and, and what you've paid, you'll. I mean, they'll give you the option refund yeah, or
0: credit. Yeah, you'll probably get some more options of some there, kind, but the the people who have been who have been hollering about what are they going to do about them? Do you really think Mississippi State is going to be like? Well, you know, I know we didn't have games and you paid for tickets, but uh, we're keeping your money. Do you really think that's going to happen? It's not going to happen. That's not going to happen.
1: I'll tell you what, I have some. Uh, if Ticketmaster refunds money. Mm-hmm. Mississippi State going to refund your money. because yeah. like Ticketmaster refunded like my Braves tickets that I bought back in April and things, yeah. and they don't refund anything. Yeah, so it, 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 that, you, that's not going to be you're the not, issue. You're not going to get hosed. You're going to you're going to have options, and right
0: now you have these options. One thing I did I did notice they said that it, they're going to they're not sending out tickets this year. It's either going to be mobile or you can print them print. at home. Which I would be honest I'll be honest with you, if I'm Mississippi State, I would tell people like it's just mobile. I wouldn't do the print at home. I would try to avoid... Well, then you run into, like, Ron Polk,
1: for instance. I know he doesn't need a ticket. He'll I, have I, a see credential, but I see what you're getting at. He has, like, a flip phone. <laughs> yeah.
0: there, there has to be a way. Almost everybody has got some... If you don't have a cell phone in this day and age, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. Don't tell me, though, that somebody that you're coming to the game with doesn't have one. There's got to be a way. I mean, even if you're saying, okay, well, my 80-year-old grandfather doesn't have a, a cell Okay, well, he doesn't have to if you're coming with him. You've got a phone. We can make it work. I don't know. But theres they're definitely not going to send out the pretty packages, which is probably a good thing because it it's, it saves us one of my pet peeves is people taking pictures of oh, their the tickets t- with the barcode sitting right there for everybody to steal. That's not going to happen this year. And I, honestly, you know, I think uh, Alabama said they were going all mobile, right? I, I don't know if they're even doing – Printer home. And I can't old, remember. Old, but Ole I mean, Miss has done it too. I think. I feel like that's. I mean, that's the way. It's the way of the future. Going. Yeah. You know, you just scan your phone, and because you always got it with you, and I think that's just the way it's going to be. But kudos to Mississippi State. They're trying to get ahead. You know, and you've, again, you've got what a month, and basically a month and three weeks to to come up with final decisions. Which I, I assume either at the end of this week or the beginning of next week, we are going to know what the plan is for the SEC is for in terms of the, the full schedule, what are they going to do? Are they going to keep some non-conference games? I believe they will keep some non-conference games, that they're going to work out a deal with the ACC because they want to keep those rivalry games. Uh, and then they'll just find games for – and Mississippi State's already got an ACC game. Uh, and then they might work a same, similar deal with the Big 12, which somebody brought up an interesting point. You know, Texas A&M lost a Pac-12 game. Could we see Texas-Texas A&M? Hmm. Why, why not? That's what I would say to that. Make hard. make that happen. But yeah, going back to your interview with Cohen
1: and yeah, and these options and things. <laughs> look, I mean Mississippi State would love to put as many people in there as safely as they could. Right. I don't think there's any doubt about that. They would but, put they would fill it if they could. But the bottom line is, and and John said this, he ain't gonna make the call. It's not gonna be a John Cohen call. That they're at the mercy of what the health folks and state officials and and by state officials, I don't mean Mississippi state officials. I mean state of Mississippi right, officials. Right, right, right. And, and he talked about that. Local, yeah, I mean, th- those are the people that are going to have the most influence on all of this.
0: We haven't really talked much about that, that, the idea that Mississippi State could say, hey, we want to have 50% capacity, but the governor could say, no, we're not going to do that. Well, I mean, you get the state health official the other day, like
1: yesterday, Saturday, mm-hmm. sending out a thing basically saying, you know, all the hospitals are full up, and, you know, if we continue this pace— kind of going to be hosed here in a week or two kind of thing if that pace continues if that if that carries on i mean it ain't going to be anybody in the stands you can just take it to the bank it's just not going to happen right um i don't know (laughs) as is the case and has been the case for the last four months nobody knows much of anything
0: that's something i meant to ask i think i remember i did ask him a bit the answer to the people to almost every question these days is i don't know i mean and normally i don't know is a cop out but right now, it's the only answer. Well,
1: it's just it's just getting to the point now where the rubber's about to meet the road. Right. And in a week or two, you've got to have a plan outlined.
0: Yeah. You've got to at least be able to say, this is what we're going to do. And then, you know, if you do it at the end of this month, right, you have another month of seeing how things go, and then you can make your changes as you need to. What you can't do is wait to the last minute. You're seeing that today, by the way. If you look around the social media, the NFL. Camps should be opening up. But apparently they spent their entire time in the pandemic pretending the pandemic didn't happen, and so now they don't have any protocols or procedures in place. So it's just – it really makes you shake your head. Like, what do we pay these people millions of dollars for up there? But I, at least it feels like the SEC is they, – they have at least accepted the fact that they're going to have to make some changes. Probably not a full season. Probably eight games, maybe plus two. You know, And they'll, they'll see what they can do as far – I don't know that the state will play. And we talked. We uh, we had that that theory of trying to play some in-state games. Obviously, the SWAC is rumored that on Monday they're going to cancel their season. That takes Alabama A&M off. It also takes the idea of maybe playing Jackson State or whatever off. But state may end up with a situation where they play another a Big Twelve team. They might play two power twelve, two power five games. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't know either. I got. I'll find out when y'all find out. <laughs> All right, uh, this week on the show, uh, we're previewing Texas A&M on the SEC preview. We're previewing LSU on the opponent preview. Uh, We're going to try to do a deep dive this week. We'll see if we can make that happen. I want to do 98 and 99. I think we can make it happen. Got some connections there. Um, Anything else that you know of that's that's going down this week that we might be able to talk about? Mm. No? No. Not off the top of my head. Well, we'll see. I almost guarantee Sometime. some sort of news will break that we'll get to talk about. So that'll be this week. Guys, have a great rest of your Sunday and a Monday morning. Back with you on Tuesday for Joel T. Coleman. Woo. I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi.